God bless you. Glad you could be here this morning. Welcome to another broadcast. Amen of the rising sons of God, Joel's army arising, the sons of God manifesting in the glory of the Lord. This is another part of the glory of uh, the roadmap of glory series that we started back in March 2020. And uh, I think this is the 12th uh, part of that. So anyways, God bless you. I hope you had a blessed weekend. It's an it's awesome to be with you be with you here this morning praise god please sign in let's know where you're from and uh, it's always good to know uh, what country what state you're from so that we can pray for you we pray for everybody that signs in to our chat room so as no, as usual i'm going to make sure that we are on facebook to make sure everything is working properly and because i have to watch the rising there we sons go. of god joel's army there we go <laughs> i guess it is working so i can now watch um the live chats as they're coming on so good praise god so please make sure you sign in and so that we can keep an eye so we we know who's on this morning praise the lord god bless you father we thank you we praise you we worship you we give you glory we thank you we worship you this morning in the beauty of your holiness lord we seek your face lord we seek your heart, Lord. What's on your heart this morning, Lord? What is it that you want to say to us, Lord? Your present word for us this morning, Lord. To prepare us, position us, and propel us with your glory. Lord, we thank you for what you did on the cross, that you died, you gave your body, you shed your blood, and that you rose again from the dead, that we can be disconnected from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and be reconnected to the tree of life in the midst of the garden. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed us from the law of sin and death. We've been purchased with a price. We're not our own. We belong to you. And Lord, this morning, we give you the totality of our being, our body, our soul, our spirit. We give it to you as a living sacrifice, Lord. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I ever will be is yours, Lord. We freely give you our life, Lord, again today, Lord. And we hear you standing at that door, knocking today again at our heart. And we open up the door and we say, come in, Lord Jesus. Come in, King of glory, and sup with us. And we will sup with you. We worship you. We adore you. We glorify your name, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy this morning. We thank you that you would teach us your ways, O oh God, that we would know you. Lord, I release and pray today over all of us, Psalm 32 eight, that you, the Lord, will teach us and instruct us in the way that we should go. And you, our God, would guide us with your own eyes. Bring us into your heavenly guidance system. Lord, I pray that you would bring us into your glory realm and teach us how to live, function in your glory and your glory realm to function and live in us, Lord. Heaven on earth, Lord. So we pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We hallow your name today, Lord. We give you glory and honor and praise. There's no one like you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate you so much, Lord. We appreciate your presence, Lord. We appreciate you, Lord, that you come and you manifest your presence in every room, every place. People are watching this broadcast that your manifested presence would come Lord, and we'd see you like we've never seen you before. We hear you like we've never heard you before. We know you 
like we've never known you before. Take us deeper, Lord, into the depths of your heart that we may know the secrets and the mysteries of your heart, that which you desire, that which your plans are for our lives, your purposes, Lord. For in Jeremiah 29, 11, you said, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. That's why we seek your face, Lord, because we love you. And in seeking you, Lord, you reveal to us your heart, your desires, your plans, your purposes for our lives, for our families. Lord, how can we live without them, Lord? How can we live without you? You said the steps of a righteous man, they're ordered of the Lord. We want to walk in those ordered steps, Lord. You said trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. So this morning, we acknowledge you in every way we step, Lord. And you said you would direct our path, and we thank you for that today. Now to you, Lord, who can do exceedingly above all that we ask or think, to you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> amen. Good morning, Brother Adam from Philadelphia. Sister Mia, God bless you. Glad to, glad to have you on this morning, and all of you that are joining. Hallelujah. I've been sharing in this particular series, The Arising of Joel's Army, from uh, a set of scriptures in the, in the center of the Bible in the Song of Solomon. And I'm going to start there today at Song of Solomon, uh, verse 10. It says, my beloved speaks. That's the Lord. My beloved speaks. And he has a command. And this is his command. Rise up. Come away. Uh, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. I've been sharing about this for the last few weeks, how important that in 2020, everything changed. And when everything got shut down and the church came to a standstill, this particular passage of scripture, others in Luke chapter 14, where, where the, where the, where the uh, master of the feast sends out his servants and goes and sends them to the invitements, tell them, come all, come, all things are now ready. From 2020, all the way up to now, we have had an opportunity to change, to tra be transformed. To be prepared, positioned with the glory of the Lord. We've been, there's been a, a heavenly call. The book of Revelation is unfolding before our eyes. And I've been sharing this again many, many years, but since 2020, it's been burning in me that the first five chapters of the book of Revelation are unfolding right now. The season of preparation, the kingdom of God message is about preparation. The church age message is about salvation. The kingdom message is different, it's about preparation. Why? For what's coming. For the things that are that are going to come hereafter, we need to be ready for it. And I've shared with you, you know, over the last few weeks, why if we continue to do church as we've known it to be, with the church age structure, the services, and all the ministries that we're doing, without seeking the Lord, without allowing God to bring into the new, bring us into becoming a new wineskin of what God wants to have happen when we gather together and his purposes and his, and his plans <coughs> and the need for the restoration of David's tabernacle, we will not be ready for what's coming. And ministers of God, you won't be preparing a people to be ready for what's coming. You'll be teaching them all about, you know, continuing business as usual when everything's changed, the days change, the hours change, we've changed. And you can see that the Lord in the middle of the book of Solomon, Song of Solomon wants to bring his bride into a new place. She said, my beloved speaks. That's important. He's speaking. That's a speaking voice. And what is he speaking today? Is he speaking to us to go do more church activities, you know, more works? When Revelation chapter one tells us in the very first thing he says in the book of, to the church of Ephesians is I know your works and they're more numerous than they were at the beginning. And you try them that says that they are apostles, but they're not. But I have this one charge against you that you've deserted me. You've abandoned me. 
the love that you had for that you had for me for first you've abandoned your first love and if, if if working for the lord was okay and doing more numerous things were okay and trying those that are apostles were okay and that's all the lord was looking for then the church of ephesus would have been the model church but yet the lord says but there's one charge i have against you you've deserted me you abandoned me for the love that you had for me so what does that mean it means we we, we replace loving the lord and seeking the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, and strength, to loving what he does. We love the work of God. In the last days, there's going to be people on the earth that are going to love the work of God more than the God of the work. And the Lord has to bring a correction and a change in direction. And for that to happen, Revelation 1 has to become a reality in your life. You have to come up, on, come up in the spirit on the Lord's day like John. John is the first type of an overcomer. And he's able to be caught up higher into the second heavens where he sees Jesus standing. And I've described this over and over again, why he sees it, the purpose of it. Because being caught up into the spirit, into the second heavens, and to see him like that as the king of glory is the answer to Revelation 3.20 a little later on, where it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and he that will open his, open the door and let me in, I'll come and sup with him. John in Revelation chapter 1 through 5 is supping with the Lord. This is the marriage, the transformational marriage supper of the Lamb. is right here in Revelation chapter 1 through chapter 5. That's the spiritual Pentateuch. It's the glory roadmap of God's finishing work in your life, my life, the church's life. And it's completely different, beloved, than anything we've ever known in the church age, in the church age structure. And I spent a lot of time talking about that last week. I really encourage you to listen to last week's message. I really expound on Hebrews chapter nine, <coughs> I'm so sorry, I got a little tickle <clears throat> in my throat today. But anyways, um, you know, it, I, I explained that change of day, change of season. It says as long as that holy place ministry, which is the church age, reminds a remains a recognized institution is still standing, it shows, it testifies, the Holy Spirit testifies that the way into the true holy of holies is not yet open. Because as long as we live in the holy place with its ritual acts of worship and all the things that we've done in our church life and even our ordinary Christian American dream life, it tells us as long as we stay there, it cannot bring us to perfection or to maturity. So there has to be a change. There has to be a calling up higher into a new place in the Lord, a new realm of seeing him, knowing him, understanding him, loving him, worshiping him, that will, with Jesus in Luke chapter 13 can come on that third day and complete his work in our lives. He can complete that work. That's what I've been sharing for three years, longer than that, but for the last three years, a lot. And so, so the thing that's important is that we begin to recognize the present word of the Lord for today. What is God saying today? Is he saying, go do more works? Or is he telling us, repent and consider the heights from where you've fallen? That's what he says to the church of Ephesus. Repent and consider how far, how far you have fallen and go back and do your first, return to your first love and do your first love and, and your first work. And what's the first work? Seeking the face of God. Jesus must be our passion. We must be so in love with him, so filled with him that we would not live for any other desires but his, that we would be married with him. See, the, the kingdom age is, is not being engaged to the Lord. In the first two years, we've been engaged to the Lord. We've been betrothed to the Lord. It's been me and the Lord and Lord and me. But in 2020 and before that, it changed. The revelation of being married to the Lord, the me with the Lord, the Lord with me. Here I live with the Lord. I work with the Lord together as one because oneness is glory 
and glorious oneness. The glory realm of God, which the kingdom age reveals on the earth, requires us to be one with him in the deepest, most intimate relationship you have ever had with the Lord. This beloved, you've got to teach to your wife, your future wife, your future husband, your husband, your children, your grandchildren, to the church. They must know that we are in a new day and a new hour and a new era. We're seeking the face of God as the absolute necessity. That's what Psalm 24 is. Psalm 24 is being revealed right now. You know, about ascending up the mountain of the Lord, clean hands and a pure heart. About removing, you know, and, and you know, not sworn to deceitfulness. And about and they shall receive the blessings of the Lord. And this is a generation that will seek the face of God. And that generation that seeks the face of the face of the face of God is given a command to look up, lift up your head, all ye gates, and lift up your head, you age-abiding doorways. And there's a command, and let the King of Glory come in. This is critical. This is a critical instruction that you, my beloved brothers and sisters, and I must have burned within us. We cannot do life as usual. We cannot go to, we can't just go to church, attend services, you know, and then live our life the way we want to live it. The day of mixture of what we want and what God wants has to come to end, to enter into that glory realm. And for that glory realm to enter in, we can't live two lives. We can't live a life of mixture like the church at Laodicea. They're lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold. Yet they say they're rich and need of nothing. They think they have it all together because they have knowledge. They've been to seminary school. They've you know, a seminary. Their churches are huge. They got the mega church concept, the Christocratic circle. And they boast about all they're doing and all their works and all those things. And yet the Lord says, you can't see your true spiritual condition of being poor, blind, and naked, pitiable. You think you've grown, but what you think is growth and maturity and what I wanted is not. You're really a babe. You haven't grown in the true understanding of the heart of the Father and of the kingdom. And the Lord doesn't let us stay that way. That's why he comes. That's why in 2 Thessalonians 1.10 it says, in that day, the Lord will, Jesus will come. And that's where we are. Revelation chapter one is Jesus coming to meet us up here in the air, to meet him, to see him in a new place. But it requires a seeking heart. It requires a seeking, burning passion to be in love with him, to hear his voice so that the Lord God can give you the tongue of the learned, Isaiah 50 verse four. So the Lord God can give you the tongue of one who's been taught continually by the Lord. Psalm 32, eight, I will, I, the Lord will teach you and instruct you in the way that you should go. See, there's an instruction from the Lord. There's a direction from the Lord that comes from that finding him and seeing him up here in this new place that you can't get down here. You can't do it by just popping your CD in the car and driving to work and maybe praying occasionally 10 minutes and doing your devotion as you've normally done your devotion. We are no longer to have just a devotional time. We're to have a life of devotion. Our devotional time must become a life of complete surrender, the totality of our being, our body, soul, and spirit given to the Lord to hear his voice. And in that, it requires a pure, holy worship, a new singing. I talked about this last week, the singing of the turtle doves. That's, uh, the singing of the birds represents a prophetic flow. You know, the singing represents an overcoming stature and overcoming victory. And you'll see that in, in Song of Solomon chapter two, the singing represents an overcoming position. And that overcoming position only comes as we come to be lifted, be seated with him, right? In heavenly places, we need to be seated with him from that up here round. Praise God. 
God has so much, beloved, for us to see. He has so much for us to hear. We are in the end times and he wants to reveal to you the strategies, the blueprints, and the plans that he has for your life. We need the present word of the Lord. Amen. The present word, the Lord walking like he walked with Adam through the cool of the day. Then he walked with, with Abraham. He walked with Noah. He walked with David. He walked through the patriarchs. He walked with the 12 disciples. And he's still walking today. That walking represents a continual communion and fellowship with the Lord. It says Enoch walked with God 365 years. And then he was and he was not because he took him. He stayed in the continual fellowship of the listening position the walking position, the hearing position of continually dwelling and abiding in the vine with the Lord. See, that's critical. Beloved, that's critical for us to grow. That's critical for us to advance and to be filled with a kingdom revelation and understanding and knowledge that we need for this hour. God is arising his army and he's bringing it together supernaturally as to form a wheel within a wheel. God is bringing us together with people we've never met, never known. He's bringing us even into places of gathering just to seek his face. That's what a divine convergence is all about. Just coming to seek the face of God, to pour our alabaster box of oil upon his feet and worship him, pure worship. And as we come into the spontaneous of that pure worship, we get connected with the worship of heaven. And the worship of heaven now begins to invade the earth. And as the worship of heaven invades the earth, our worship ascends up to join that worship in heaven and we are lifted up into a new place of seeing a new place of hearing a new place of understanding individually and corporately but it takes time quality time to spend with god to hear what the lord is presently saying and for those of you that are watching this broadcast i believe that god has worked that within you there's a desire for the more of god how many do you have that now you notice it says many are called, but few are chosen. That few means we'll pay the price to be qualified. The gospel message of working hard for the Lord and salvation and works and signs and wonders, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, that is appealing. And that's why many will gravitate to it. But the message of the kingdom is not quite as appealing because it requires a deeper commitment, a deeper surrender, a deeper a giving of, 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 of your life, the totality of your being to be completely under the lordship, under the headship of Jesus, where you don't live a, a double life, a mixture of flesh and spirit, but you allow that refiner's fire and fullest soap of the very presence of God, the fire of God, the glory of God to burn up everything of, of, of what is you, of what you want to do, your desires. And in that fire, he burns up your desires and he merges them together with his desires and you become one. Like a bride with a bridegroom, you become one so that you live only for what pleases him. You want to do only what pleases him and together with the Lord, you want, only want to do the Father's will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what? On earth as it is in heaven. See, this is powerful. But the, this, this word that I'm bringing, many are not prepared for it yet. I, I, to them, I'm quacking. I sound like I'm talking in parables. To them, he says, I speak in parables because they have eyes to see because they can't see. They have ears to hear because they can't hear. They have hearts to understand, but they can't understand. But to you, his disciples says, it has been given to you. Amen. It's been given to you to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. And that is for you and me, beloved. For those of us that are seeking the Lord diligently, that desire to be married to the Lord and to walk in that marriage relationship as one with the Lord. See, in the kingdom age, we don't work for the Lord. We don't live for the Lord. We work with the Lord. 
and we work with the Lord, which means he's leading, he's directing. And again, we have given him the totality of our being to come under his headship. When you give the Lord that, you are now positioned to be able to come up into a new place in the spirit of God. And, you, and where you'll be prepared and positioned to enter into that glory realm, which I'm going to share with you as we go along about what John sees in Revelation 4 and 5, what Ezekiel sees in chapter 1, what Isaiah, Isaiah sees in chapter 6, what Daniel sees, all of those things, what, what uh, Joshua the high priest is going to see in Zechariah chapter 3. We're positioned and being prepared to walk in a new realm of understanding and wisdom and knowledge that we need for the Lord to position us to be so that he can use us and work through us together with us for his end time purposes on the earth. Yes, beloved, God is going to use you and me and this remnant of God to form us into a wheel within a wheel that's going to totally bring a transformation to planet earth. They're going to see the glory of the Lord risen upon you. They're going to see the, the tangible glory of God. They're going to hear the glory of God's voice within you. They're going to see the glory of God working through you and your hands and your feet. And your brightness is going to be so bright that nations will come to your arising and, and kings to your brightness. That's what Isaiah 60 says. And we have to be prepared for it. We have to be positioned for it. And then you're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles, but not the way that everybody wants in the church age. You know, to help build a ministry or to or, or to to advance their agenda, these signs and wonders and miracles will be the kind that we saw, which Moses did, releasing words of judgment and words of consequences, as Paul did, as Peter did. And then I said, it's a different realm of authority. It's a different realm of dominion. It's a different dimension of power. And he's not giving that to everybody. He's giving it to his prepared ones. He's giving it to his bride. He's giving it to his overcomers. If you read Revelation chapter two and three and look at all the rewards of being an overcomer, you will see that that's what the Lord desires. And the final reward is Jesus said, to, to he that overcomes, I will grant him the right to sit down on my throne, even as I sat down on my, as I overcame and sat down on my overthrown. That's a spiritual position. I will give him the right to sit here, up here, that's where we're going to live in the spirit up here, but on the earth, it's on the earth. So therefore that activity of heaven, the reason of heaven, the wisdom of heaven, that which is from the seven spirits of God, the fullness of God, that which is the spirit of prophecy will be revealed in us and through us in complete harmony with the activity of heavens. And Ezekiel will be, will be formed with it like a wheel within a wheel and will be lifted up connected to those four living creatures who are connected to the Lord and his chariots and his permanent. And as the Lord moves, the, the living creatures move. And as they move, the wheels on the wheels move. And I talked to you about the difference between the church age. The church age is going like this, horizontal, you know, and they're going at their own way in their own direction. Here, we're going like this. We're connected with the Lord. We're connected with the wheel, the four living creatures. We're connected with one and one with another. And now as they're lifted up, we're lifted up. So there's a completely different movement. It's a completely different paradigm of what kingdom life is versus a church age life. And that's why this broadcast is forerunning it. It's a, this is a forerunning broadcast to explain what the Lord is about to do and is doing. And he wants every one of you that's watching this broadcast to be part of that end time working of the Lord, which is totally changing us, totally transforming us. This is critical that we don't miss this hour, that we don't miss this hour visitation. You know, I, you know, I, I if you can see, I'm, I'm wearing my, 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 my American Eagle and I, you know, this, I only have a couple of 
types of clothing lines. And um, the, the Lord really impressed on me a few years ago to get American Eagle because it was prophetic that he's calling us in America to be eagles, this remnant, because eagles can soar. They lock their wings and they can go up high and they can see. And God wants you to be part of the American Eagle uh, uh, company of believers, not the company that sells clothes, but it's just a prophetic sign so that we can begin to soar with the Lord. So, so that we can soar with them. So this is such a, a season and time that we're being positioned by the Lord. And that's why the church age structure, which I'm talking about, the way we do services, the way we do meetings, can never contain this. It's come to an end. And I really encourage you to get last week's broadcast. I really, God really had me open up Hebrews 9 to show you why it has to end, it's, why it's filled with mixture, and why we have to go beyond the veil into the glory realm. What is the glory realm? I've heard a lot of different teachings, but the, but the glory realm really is oneness. It's being married to the Lord, being one with him. You know, I, I was engaged for two years and I couldn't wait to get married. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait for the day that I didn't have to bring down a home anymore. Because, you know, I had to bring a home. There was no chance that we would ever live together. That was not going to happen back in that day. And not, not that we would, but it wouldn't happen in that day because our parents would have killed us. Okay. so. But there's there's something about waiting, you know, to get married and being engaged, you know, and, and, and when you're engaged, you begin to think about how your life is going to be together. You begin to start being prepared. You know, you get you get positioned so that when that wedding day comes, your whole life changes. And that wedding day is a big moment, isn't it? It's a very big moment because that's the day the two become one. That's the day my wife gives up her name and takes on my name. And we become a brand new family. See, at a wedding, something that never existed before comes into existence. That's why marriage is so important. Because on that wedding day, God creates a brand new family. Yeah, a new family is created on a wedding day. When Donna and I got married, we became a, a new Falcone family. She took on my name. But, you know, and I married the Lalim and I took on, you know, I took on her name and, and, and to cover her and to take her and to love her and to cherish her from that day forward. And to give myself up for her, you know, to wash her by the water of the word and to help her to become everything that God created her to be. And in the marriage, we now function differently. We think differently because now that we live to, now that we have permission by God to live together as husband and wife, everything about us had to change. We had to come to know each other, learn each other, understand each other, function together. I had to learn to become a priest and a king of my, of my home. I had to learn how to cover my wife, how to love her, how to get underneath her. And boy, what a process that was over the last 42 years. I can't even tell you. I'm still learning and she, she'll be the first one to admit it. And she had to learn to become a faithful helpmate, to learn how to live, to help me become everything that God created me to be, to live how to serve me, to give up her life, to, to help me become everything God created me to be and me to give up my life, to help her to become everything she was created to be and the two shall become one. Why? So together, now we can love Jesus, be in love with Jesus together, serve Jesus together and with Jesus together as our head and, and him being our husband and we together being his bride, we are now positioned to be able to hear the instructions of the Father as Jesus did. What Jesus did in a, in a single body, he's now able to do in a multi-membered body, starting with Donna and I, starting with you and us together, we can now begin to function as a corporate body of Christ, as a bride with her bridegroom. See, the kingdom age is with God. We live with God. We work with God. The church age is we live for God, and we work for God. In the church age, we can pick and choose what we want. 
how much we want to give, how much we can do. And if you understand why the enemy make, wants even Christians to believe it's okay to live together and not be married, because in living together, you try to enjoy all the benefits of, of, of marriage without making that commitment to one another. You don't really become one with one another. You pretend you're one with another, but really you can get out of it anytime you want. You see, when you're married to the Lord, you're not getting out of it anytime you want. Matter of fact, you're surrendering the totality of your being, your life as you've known it to be, to be the Lord's. And it's a process, believe me. It takes the work of the Holy Spirit and the fire, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire to work away and burn up every other desire, every other thing that's in our life. And the Lord knows that we can't do that on our own. We, can't, we didn't start this good work in us. Philippians 1, 6 says, you know, we didn't start it and we are not able to finish it. It says, it says, it, it says he that began that good work in you will be what? Faithful to complete it in you, even to the end age of Christ, which is where we are now. There's a finishing, completing work that we must cooperate with, that we must enter into. And it comes with a call to come up. That's why Revelation chapter we are. That's why Revelation chapter one and five is the present work and word of the Lord. There is a completion, a finishing, and overcoming. I said this before. There's three key words in Revelation one through five, especially one through three. It's repent, change, and overcome. Prepare, be positioned, and be propelled. So those are the words for 2021 and 2022. For that to happen, it takes a deep surrender and your ability to hear. You got to hear the knock on the door of your heart, and when you let him in, you got to be. You got to hear as he's coming in. There's going to be a call to lift up your head, all your gates, and lift up your head, you age-abiding doorways, and let the King of Glory come in. That's that's critical for us to overcome. The King of Glory, your Bridegroom King, has to come in and reveal himself to you as the king of glory and that's why if you read psalm 24 heaven asks this question who is the king of glory if we were to go into a church service yesterday i ask you how is it different than the sunday before maybe we let more people speak maybe we let the gifts of the spirit move but i guarantee you the structure remained there was a time frame a beginning an end a message of announcements worship the structure changed it may have, we had may, maybe painted over it and made it a little bit more open and we painted it and said, this is kingdom, but it's not. It was still what we did, just painted, just fixed up a little bit more, you know, because what came forth at that gathering? How did the people grow in their knowledge of the Lord? How were they able to function and participate as full-grown sons and daughters of God? Where was their part? Where was their person? Where was their purpose? Or did they sit down, receive a message, receive an impartation, take good notes like they always did, walk out the door and say, great message, pastor. Wasn't worship beautiful? Is that what the glory of God is? Is that what glory should look like upon a saint of God? And it says, he, and that day, this day, the third day, Jesus will come to be seen glorified in his saints. When, when you left that church service or when people left that church's, church service, was the glory of God seen, risen upon them? Or did they get more information? Did they get more instruction? You say you're rich in need of nothing. What did they get? What did they receive? Did they get more principles, more teachings? Or did they get the reality 
of the living God of glory. Were they able to lift up their heads and as a, as, as a gate and lift up the head as an age-abiding doorway and let the king of glory come in? Could they testify yesterday when they left the services and your meetings, beloved pastors and leaders, that they can say who the king of glory is? Have they seen him face to face? Did they hear his voice in reality? Did they come up into that glory realm to behold him with eyes like fire, his face burning like a noonday sun, his, his hair as white as snow with a double-edged sword? coming out of his mouth did they see him with his right hand with seven stars in it and his feet burning like brass and his white robe glistening and his gold sash around him did they hear his voice as a war trumpet did they hear his voice say write down all the things i tell you to do were they brought into the revelation of the change that the lord wants to bring in revelation chapter 2 verse 3 were they burning with the fire of god in transformational glory were they positioned to hear the higher calling even up into the glory realm of revelation chapter 4 were they able to see the door standing open in heaven? Did they hear the voice of the war trumpet as they come up here so I can show you the things that are hereafter? If they didn't, then what work are we doing? How is the Lord able to prepare them for what's coming if they will never be able to hear the voice of the bridegroom? The bride is trained and has been prepared in the church age to hear the voice of the bridegroom. In the church age, she's been brought out. She's been separated. She's a church within a church. She's a remnant. She may have been called out of church, church's period to be alone with the Lord and begin to fellowship with other believers who have the same understanding. They may have been connected with, with shepherds outside of the camp that are teaching them the ways of the Lord, how to grow in their intimacy with God and knowing God and hearing God, walking with God for themselves. Are you part of that company? If you are, then we are now in a season where the Lord is beginning to knit us and fit us together as a wheel within a wheel. The body parts, the Lord says in, 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 in his word that the Lord God arranges the body parts in Corinthians the way that he wills. He connects each of us where we're supposed to be. He wants to place us where we're supposed to be, be connected with the other body parts where, where they are so that each part can supply what the other needs. He needs to put the fingers here. He needs to put the fingers with the palm and the palm with the arm and the uh, with the wrist and the wrist with the arm. And that means that maybe you need to move. Maybe you geographically have to move to a new location. Maybe the people you're connected with on the internet, God needs you to come together with. Maybe we're to come together like in a divine convergence to meet with the Lord as God desires. Why? So we can hear the present word of the Lord so that we can be prepared and positioned, readied to be propelled with the glory of God for his end time purposes. That's what these broadcasts are about. Now, last week I talked about the rain is over and gone. So it's over with. And most of us and the remnant have come out of the church age and the church age structure. And it's been like a dry season while God works intently in you. How many of you have been intently dealt with by the Lord? I know I have, and I still am. Where many in the church aren't. They're still doing business as usual. But for those of you burning in love with the Lord, you know that that mixture of flesh and spirit can't stay. And there's a burning cry inside of you to put off this corruptible, to put on the incorruptible. There's been a cry in you to be finished and be completed. How many of you know what I'm talking about? that you know you can't stay like this. And you go to service more and more, but the services aren't changing you. They're giving you more stuff and, and the call is get to busy. You know, the Great Commission, win the lost at all cost. 
The Great Commission is not the end of our destiny. The end of the, our destiny is to rule and reign with Jesus. The Great Commission is a work that our destiny is to be before the throne of God, to be a friend of God, to be a king and be formed into a kingdom of kings and priests with God, to rule and reign with him. That's our destiny. The Great Commission is just the means that God wants to use to reach the earth and to show them and tell them of their true destiny in the Lord. But I said this to a pastor the other day that I met here in, in, in Godfrey's. I said to him, the biggest sin that the church has done or the biggest deception the enemies brought, I should say, into the church is this, that we put the second commandment above the first commandment. We're trying to meet the needs of people before we meet the needs of God. God is not first. The needs of men are first. And because the needs of men are first, all the activities, all the works, all the things that we call church are around fitting into men's schedules, men's lives. We're trying to take the kingdom of God and fit it into people's lives so that they can have as much of God as they want, but still keep as much of their life as they want. And so we have good, we have good pew sitters. We got a few workers, good workers in the church, but how many friends of God are sitting in your congregations? How many that God would say, I no longer call you a servant, but I call you a friend. Why? Because friends do Servants do not know what their masters are doing. He says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And what was the difference between friendship and servanthood? Servants do not know what their master's doing. And so God doesn't want us to stay servants. He's not looking for more employees. Employees. He's not our employer because if God is your employer and you're doing all this work, then as an employee, you're going to demand your paycheck. And when you don't get your demand your paycheck, you're going to try to form your own union to demand from God what you, what you want from God. When you're an employee, you have demands, you have expectations of a paycheck. You need to be paid. There's no such life in the kingdom of God. God is not and will never be my employer. You see, I don't have to do this. I don't, I don't have to do this work. And I mean that. And I've said it to the Lord. God, if this ever takes me away from my relationship with you, end it. I will not lose my relationship with you over working for you. Working for you is not as important as being with you and knowing you and loving you. If you want me to go back into restaurant management, I can do that with joy. If that's what you say, Lord, I don't have to do this. This is not my life. You are my life. You are my source. This work didn't save me. You saved me. You rescued me from suicide. You filled me with your spirit. You delivered me. You healed me. You rescued me. My allegiance is to you, not to the work first. And that's when you get positioned for the Lord to hear that voice of the war trumpet. John was on the Isle of Paphmos on the Lord's day. It says it on the seventh day. And he was in the spirit. He wasn't down here. He was up here. And Jesus comes and meets him in the second heaven. And I explained why. That's so important. Because he's standing there because that's where he's going to make us overcome. It's in the second heaven because that's what we lost in the garden. When, 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 when we, when Adam and Eve fell, they, they, they were to take dominion and have authority and subdue the earth. That included the air. But if, and how do I know that? Because when, when Jesus came, did he not have power over the air, over the storms, over the dead to walk on the waters? He ruled as a second Adam, as a son of man. And he had the ability to stop the storms and walk on the water and command fish to come into nets. And a gold coin fish to come right up at the right time at the right place. So he commanded the air and the earth. 
That's what he subdued. That's why we have to meet him up here because that's where the, the war breaks out of the end time where Michael and the archangels come down into this realm and they displace him out of this place. The one that accuses us day and night before the Lord, that devil and the demon is cast down to here where we were filled with mixture. And the man child is caught up here. The bride is caught up here. Jesus said to be seated with him in heavenly places. So we're caught up here to put our feet in the air, to see him face to face. And then our head goes up into the glory realm so that we can receive from the seven spirits of God, the fullness of God, the end time word, the spirit of prophecy to work within us. We begin to hear a different word, a word that has to happen. He imparts to us a word that will, uh, of a different kind, like Gabriel said to Mary. She said, how will I know this will come to pass? She goes, the, Gabriel said, because this word is of a different kind. It must come to pass. That's the glory realm. This is a word that's not dependent upon whether somebody welcomes it or not. It's not the gift of prophecy. It's not the spirit of prophecy. It's not the Bible ministry gift. It's the spirit of prophecy, which is the creative word of God and the instructions, the blueprints of God that must come and be manifested on the earth now. Now, he's not going to entrust that to everybody, but he will entrust it to his bride. And he will entrust it to those that will become full-grown sons and daughters of God because they have learned the secret of coming up and living up here. So you see, beloved, why this is such a critical hour. If you stay in the church wineskin, it's going to be all about activities, all about works, and a little bit about seeking God. But if you come up and you come into the kingdom age revelation of that, you're going to see Jesus as he's seen in Revelation chapter 1. And notice that for that to happen, John had to turn aside. He didn't even know who was speaking to him. He didn't know who the voice was. He had no idea. He heard that voice speaking to him like a war trumpet. And then he said, I had to turn around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I did, I fell on my face like a dead man because he didn't recognize Jesus. He didn't understand Jesus' present voice, nor did he get the present revelation of Jesus as the Omega God. John is looking at Jesus as the Alpha and the Omega. John is seeing the fulfillment of Jesus' prayer in John 17. He says, Father, that those that you've given me, I pray that you would take them up to, to where I am, that they may see me and the glory that I had before the foundation of the earth. That's John chapter 17. And John is seeing Jesus in the revelation of what he had before the foundation of the world. And that was so so life-changing that he couldn't even look into that light. He felt like he was a dead man. He didn't even recognize his voice. Do you see? It's a different understanding, a different manifestation of Jesus. We're seeing him as the lion of the tribe of Judah. We're seeing him as the king of kings and the king of glory. And that's what Revelation is all about. It's the revealing of Jesus Christ as the king of glory. The book is called The Revelation of Jesus Christ as what? The king of glory. And the first 65 books, he's portrayed as the lamb and, and is talked about as a lion. But in book 66, we see the lion of the tribe of Jesus. Judah. We see him roaring on a Zion. We see what seeing him as the lion of Judah, as the Alpha and the Omega, the lamb and the lion. We see how that, that reality of seeing him and hearing him finishes us. It causes us to repent and change and overcome so that we can be positioned for Revelation chapter four and five. And the finishing testimony of Revelation chapter five is this, that we sing a new song, the singing of the birds. That singing of the birds that's in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 12, the singing of the birds is a song of overcoming. It's the overcomer song. Those who escape by the fire, they're not singing in heaven. They're crying. They have a testimony. Salvation, salvation. That's all they have. When they come into heaven, their testimony is salvation. They've been saved by just escaping the fire. 
But the overcomers, they have a singing testimony. That's beautiful, isn't it? They have a singing testimony. The singing of the birds shall be heard. Why? Because the, the, the winter is over. The winter is over and the rain is gone. That means that season of the church age of the, of the outer courts and the holy place is done. It's over with and it's finished. And now something's happening. The flowers appear on the earth. What are the flowers? The flowers represent the man child. The sons of God are beginning to manifest on the earth. The daughters of God, the bride of the Lord, whatever you want to call them, are beginning to manifest. And as they begin to come in to be seen and to grow, it causes a singing, a new testimony. A new testimony is heard out of their mouth. They see differently. They hear differently. They know the Lord differently. And they speak with a new authority, power, and dominion because they're not where they were. They've entered into the new day of God. They've entered into the new season where they're being changed and they're being prepared and positioned to be propelled with the glory of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you want that, beloved? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's in that moment. It says in Joel chapter 2, 23, 24, be glad then, you children of Zion. Zion always represents a people within a people, a church within a church. It represents the separated ones, the, the, the few from the many. There's always been the wise virgins, then the foolish. That's what it says. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and it will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor should be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. Notice it says he will cause you to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The first month represents the time we are now living in. It's the first month. It's the beginning of the kingdom age. It's a time where we're not only getting the former rain, but we're getting the former and latter together, which ushers us behind the veil into the glory realm to position us, to lift up our heads as a gate and to lift up our heads as an everlasting doorway and let the king of glory come in. Psalm 24 after that happens, a question comes is, who is the king of glory? Why ask a question like that in the middle of a song? Because we need to know the answer. Who is he? Can you describe him? Can your children describe him? Can your husband, your wife describe him? Can your pastor describe him? Can your apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist describe him? What are you hearing in the messages? Because there's two messages being proclaimed from on the earth right now, the message of the church age and the message of the kingdom age. One from the second day, one from the third day. If you live in the second day message and that's where you focus, you'll never heard the third day message to come up here. Come away, my love, my beloved, my fair one. Come away with me. Come up here. You won't hear it. And if you don't hear it, you're not going to be ready to, to hear the bridegroom coming at that midnight hour. Go out, behold, go out and meet the bridegroom. You won't have the extra oil in your lamp. And so when that time comes and that to go, you won't be a wise virgin because you didn't have the spiritual preparation of God's dealings in your life. You see that that extra oil that those wise virgin has is that they have been dealt with by God differently than everybody in the church. They have been wrecked. They have been dealt with. They have been 
chastened, they have been disciplined, they've been corrected, they've gone through suffering, family situations, financial situations, health situations, like most of the body is not going through. They've been dealt with by God and they've had to learn how to be emptied of every ounce of their own strength, their own ability, and to become completely dependent upon the Lord for everything to the point where they won't move or breathe without the Lord. That's a dealing of the Lord. That's the extra oil and it has to be purchased. I counsel you to buy gold, try by the fire. It's the same thing. And if we have purchased that, if we have gone out and allowed the Lord to do that work in us, then there's a special special preparation that came forth in the church age to prepare you to enter into the kingdom age for the finishing preparation work of the Lord, the finishing preparation of God. And that's where we are now. We're in that finishing preparation that's different. And most of the body of Christ is going to think you're crazy. And they say, why aren't you working harder for the Lord? Don't look at all what we're doing. Look at all the activities. And, and, and that's why even when we got the pause in 2020, the Lord brought all the activity to stop, to give everyone the opportunity, every fivefold minister on planet Earth, to shut down everything. It was a reset. It was a divine reset. It wasn't the enemy. The enemy had his reset. He wants to bring in the nations, but God had a reset. And that was to bring us out of where we were into where we need to be for this hour. That's why we got the word done and I burned the ships. As effective as we felt the Lord was using us in prayer ministry and prayer missionaries, we had to lay it completely down and stop. And say, God, what do you want now? And it's out of that in March 2020, God began to reveal this to me in a greater dimension of power and authority of the first five books of Revelation and began to speak this present word of change and transformation and, and unfold this glory roadmap so we'll be ready for what's coming upon the earth. And now everything we do is differently. I never heard of doing a divine convergence before. You know, I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know that God just wanted to gather his saints just to seek his face, you know, minister to his heart with no agenda, you know, no guest speakers, just come and meet with him. And as we did, and he would bring people from all over the nation together just to find him, he would knit us together like I have never seen before in love and unity, real love, where people stay connected. And they said, we need to stay connected. We need to continue to do this. And we know it. And now from that first, that first convergence here in Navarre, we're coming into our sixth, uh, one, two, three, four, five, sixth one in May. And, we, and God has taken us all over the nation to meet other body parts that are hungry and thirsty for this message, for what God's doing. They've got this burn in them and they just want to meet and see God together and to hear, what are you saying, Lord? How are we going to be prepared? What, what is it that you have for us? That's how, it is, that's how God is forming us into a wheel within a wheel or Joel's army. And it's beautiful. So we're living at the beginning of that third day, that first month. And the closing out of the church age. And so right now, there's two prophetic days happening at the same time. One is ending and ended, and one is beginning and, and beginning to unfold. How can there be two days at the same time on earth? Well, I found that out naturally when I did my, a mission to uh, South Africa. In South Africa, I would call my wife at 9 o'clock in the morning on April 5th. And she'd be back in April 4th, and I'd be calling her at 9 o'clock at night. So I was speaking from the future into the past. And she was speaking from the past into the future or the present into the future, if you think about it. Because she's back in that day, and I'm here. So two days at the same time. That's why there can be two messages at the same time. The church age message, which is when the lost at all costs salvation and absolutely necessary. 
Okay. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, absolutely necessary. Gifts of the Spirit, absolutely necessary. But there's a third day message, a further message, a further message that calls us to go up. The third day will never go back into the second day. The second day has to become the third day. April 5th, April 4th, 2022 will never exist again. The only thing I can do now is going to April 4th, 2022 will only exist today. I can't go back into April 3rd. The only thing I can do is go into April 5th. I can never, I can't even stay in April 4th. I have to go into April 5th because the day is going to change. But the church wants to stay in April the 4th or it wants to go back to the book of Acts and build the model that they did at the book of Acts when the book of Revelation is a completely different paradigm. What God is doing is completely different, completely different than anything we've ever known and experienced before. And it comes with a voice to come up. Now notice, this is, this is important. The scripture confirms a double portion is to be given, the form of the latter rains. This double portion of that outworking of the Lord, I look at that double portion of that outpouring as being refiner's fire and full of soap in Malachi chapter three. I look at the double portion as in Isaiah chapter four, the spirit of burning and the spirit of judgment. It's the fire, the baptism of the spirit and fire finishing a completed work of fire. The day of fire shall declare everything. We've entered into the day of fire. We'll disclose everything for what it is. We are now in the day of fire and we're in the work of fire. That's why I tell people, when you come to these convergences, this is not a soaking service. Do not soak. Soaking was back in the church age. It had its purpose. It has, this is, we are coming to burn, not soak. I want you to think about it. When the Lord was about to answer Elijah by fire, what was the first thing he did? He had to take water and soak the offering. He had to oversoak it so much that water was pouring over. Why? Because he was about to call down the fire. And when the fire come, what did it do? It consumed every lick of water. The fire, the water was made for the fire. And so in the church age, we come out of the water, of the soaking. But now we're ready to burn with God. This is the time of burning. They're rising. Come. What does it say? Arise and shine for your light is come. And that glory will be seen on you like what? Fire. Because this Jesus is standing in the heavens, right? With eyes of fire, feet burning like a burning oven. Okay, so he's manifesting as fire because our God is a consuming fire, is he not? So we're to meet him in that fire. When we enter into that glory realm, we go into the very flame of the Lord, but we don't get burnt up. When we enter the glory realm, we can dance in the flames. We can walk in the flames. We can talk in the flames when we're consumed by the flame. And everything that's not that fire is burnt up out of us. And we're changed from glory to glory every time we see his face. That's what Corinthians says. As I look at his face as in a mirror, we're being constantly changed from one degree of glory to another. In other words, he finishes us. What we could never do by fasting it out, wording it out, praying it out on our own strength, trying to fix ourselves. He does by us standing in that glory. Glory completes us. Glory transforms us. Glory prepares us. And we have to meet him in the air first in that glory because he's still finishing us so that he can lift us up our heads up into that. Lift up your heads, all ye gates, so that our head can come into that new place. That's why uh, um, uh, Joshua the high priest in Zechariah chapter 3 gets a new turban on his head so that he can walk differently, talk differently, think differently. We're positioned to hear God differently. His voice is different. 
because he's going to be speaking to us from the seven spirits of God, the fullness of who he is, because the fullness of all who he is has to be revealed on the earth to transform the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God in Christ, where Jesus is going to rule for a thousand years. How's he going to do it with more church services, more conferences, more selling books and tapes for a hundred dollars? Come on now. Is it going to be by continuing to merchandise the anointing? I don't want to judge anybody, but I read something the other day, man. And, you know, I, I saw an article. This, this, I get it. I get this person's email all the time. It says, we want to be your prophets. You know, and, you know, we want to prophesy and speak into your life. Sow a seed. It's all about money. I tested it one day and I, 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 asked, uh, I asked to receive a word, but I didn't send in an offering deliberately. I didn't receive one thing from that person. Freely you receive, freely give. I'm not, I don't know him. I'm not judging him. I'm just telling you the, what the Lord had me look at. You know, we all, we, we all miss it. But this, you know, but that day is over with. I don't have any intention of being anybody's prophet. I just want to be a voice of the Lord crying in the wilderness. I'm not looking for, for me to be your prophet. You know, what is that? What is that? How about Jesus being everything? Man, and we say we're in need of nothing. We say we're rich. When that is the mentality that's pervading the church age and its structure about what we're building, that spirit of Babel is so infiltrated into the second day church. Let us make bricks. Let us build a wall. Let us build a city. Let us build a tower that will reach into heaven and let us make a name for ourselves. That Babylonian's heart has to be completely removed because you can bring that mixture into the holy place and, and you, won't be, you won't be judged. But if you were to bring that into the Holy of Holies, you'd die. Because you can't do it. Can't do it. So a double portion of the spirit of burning and the spirit of judgment is needed. That's the form of light of rain. I want to just skip over to Isaiah chapter. Um, I just want to look at it. I'm going to keep my fingers here in the Song of Solomon. And I just want to go over to Isaiah for a minute. Thank you, Lord. This is beautiful. Isaiah chapter four. And in that day, that's the same words in 2 Thessalonians 1.10, and in that day. It says, seven women shall take hold of one man. Seven is a completion, number of completion. That means a bride will take hold of one man. Saying, we will eat our own bread and provide our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our, our reproach of being unmarried. But listen to the answer. In that day, see it again? In that day, what day? The third day. The branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious. The branch of the Lord shall be, shall be, shall be beautiful and glorious. Now, people say that's speaking of Jesus. Well, he is a branch of the Father, but I don't believe it's speaking of that because he says, I am the vine. And you're the branches. In that day, the branch, that's you and me. The branch, look what it be, will be beautiful and glorious. And the fruit of the land shall be excellent and lovely to those of Israel who have escaped. Now look what happens. There's a beautifying gear. It says, in that day, right, Jesus said, I will come and be seen glorified in his saints. 
when you lift up your head as a gate, as you lift up your head as an ancient abiding doorway, and you let the king of glory come in, you're receiving two works of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire, but in a new dimension of glory. You're receiving the fullness, the form of the latter rain. Notice the double portions, right? Refiner's fire, fuller soul, spirit of judgment, spirit of burning, right? You're going to see it. There's a double portion of the work of the Lord. And look what it does. This is critical. Now, you're not going to hear this being preached in the church age message because they can't see it. They can't hear it. They have no understanding or very little understanding that this is a work of the Lord to prepare us for what's coming. And that's why in March 2020, most pastors and leaders couldn't wait to get back to business as usual. Most church people couldn't wait to get back to going back to doing what we did. And many did. But there is a remnant that didn't. There is a remnant that did not and see, I cannot go back to living my life as I was in 2019. I know I can't. Everything about me changed in 2020. We were changed, but everything, how about you? I mean, you know, you know where we eat, where we go out to eat, where we drink, you know, um, you know, what to buy, how to prepare. And then the election of 2020 came and now look at where we are. We can no longer just assume everything is life as normal. Because the Antichrist and all of that spirit, the Antichrist spirit has really taken over this nation in many ways, politically. And, and you see what's going on and you see what it wants to do and you see what it wants to take away. And you see how it wants to make people come under a one world order system. Well, the world is going to come under a one world order, but it's not going to be Satan's. It's going to be the kingdom of God on the earth. It's going to come under God's order. Absolutely. The kingdom of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God in Christ. So I'm not worried about what, what the enemy's doing, but we got to be prepared so we can overcome. We got to live as overcomers, as kings and priests on this land right now. And right now, if the church were ever to experience some of the things that would happen in Revelation 6 after, they would, they, uh, they would be like that woman being chased out in the dragon. The Lord protects her, but they would not be overcomers or positioned to overcome. The message of the kingdom is an overcoming message. The church age says about being overcomers so that you can do the work of doing this. It keeps you on this horizontal plane. But Revelation 3.20, Jesus comes here, right here. This is Revelation 3. I stand at the door and I knock. If any man can hear my voice and open up the door and let me in, I will come in and will sup with him. And we'll no longer go this way, but I'll take him up. Those that reject it are going to bypass him and keep going in the direction they've been going, doing business as usual. Now it says here, in the, in the day that branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious and the fruit of the land shall be excellent and lovely to those of Israel who have escaped. And he who is left in Zion, Zion represents the church within the church. It represents those that are called to minister to the Lord. And it says that remaining Jews will be called holy. That remnant, look what it says, the who will be left in Zion. Zion was where David pitched the ark of the uh, pitched the tent. It was on Zion. David built the tabernacle of the Lord so that people could meet him. So it's a meeting place with God. So we left in Zion and the, those who remain in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who's recorded for life in Jerusalem and for eternal life. Now, remember I said to you, I said this double portion of what it is. It's a, it's a time of, of transition, a double portion of the working of the Lord in your life. 
you know, to as a refiner's fire and fuller soap to remove everything of your life as you've known it to be, so that your testimony can be the sonship testimony of Paul. I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but not I, but Christ now lives in me. And the life that I now live, right? I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. That's the sonship side of that overcoming testimony testimony. The brighter side of that testimony is found in Song of Solomon, chapter, uh, I believe it's chapter seven. And she says, my beloved is mine. No, she says, I am my beloved. So I'm sorry. And his desires are towards me. Notice there's no self-life in that, none. And that's what this is about. And the Lord, and, and it says, and after, after what? In that day, after the Lord has washed away in that day, the filth of the daughters of Zion, the pride, the vanity, and the haughtiness. As, as he washes that filth off of our pride, vanity, and haughtiness. Where do you see that? In Revelation chapter 3, you say you are rich and in need of nothing. He says, I counsel you to buy gold tried by the fire, to get ice out of your eyes and white raiment. And then he says, then he says, and, you know, and, you know, I, 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 you know, then he says, and, and I call you to repent. And be earnest about repenting. Change your mind, your heart, your will to meet what God desires. Be burning about repenting, to change and repent. Why? Because then if you're earnest to repent, he's going to stand at the door and knock. And in that repentance, you begin to receive that former and latter rain. What God began to do in the, to start the work in you, you begin the finishing work. You get the alpha and the omega. So when John is looking up into Jesus in that second heaven with those eyes of fire, he's being changed by glory. He's being positioned by glory and he's being ready to be propelled to bring an end time message and release the end time work of the Lord <clears throat> to be seen and known and to be stored up for this day. Hallelujah. And so it says, and after the, after the filth of the daughters of Zion, vanity and, and, and haughtiness has been purged from the blood stains of Jerusalem. Jerusalem always represents the church, okay? Represents the daughters of those that are in the church body, okay? From the midst of it. Look at how it's gonna be, how it's gonna be purged, that blood stain of Jerusalem. What's the blood stain? When we, can, when we trample the blood of Jesus underfoot, when we live in mixture, mixture of flesh and spirit, of being lukewarm is spewed out of the mouth of God. And the Lord has an end time intervention, which we are now living in, an end time intervention of preparation, positioning, so that we can be propelled with glory. I'll show it to you. It's right here. It says, and he's going to purge it from their midst by, look at this, the spirit. And it says in the amplified, blast of judgment and by the spirit and blast of burning and sifting. The blast of judgment and burning and sifting. The Lord is going to refine you like gold and silver. He's going to come to you like a refiner's fire, right? Judgment and, and full of soap, that cleansing and sifting. That is the end time finishing work. And it's wonderful. It's beautiful. Because when you stand up into that realm of that second heaven and you hear that voice come up here, you're going to see him as he is. And what does it say? When we see him, we're going to be like him. Beholding him changes everything. Beholding him changes our inner man. Beholding him changes our outer man. Beholding him changes our mind, our heart, our desires. As we stand before him, before that throne of grace, we're able to receive what? Mercy in our time of need. That's why it's critical to seek God while he can be found. This is a generation that will seek him. And when they seek him, it says, and the Lord whom you seek in Malachi chapter three says, the Lord whom you seek, he shall suddenly come. See, it's a suddenly coming. And when he comes, he's going to come and he's going to appear to you like a refiner's fire and full of soap. And what is his mission in Malachi 
three, it's to thoroughly purge the sons of Levi, the priesthood, to bring the priesthood out of the Levitical priesthood into the Melchizedek priesthood, which is before the very throne of God. Jesus is ever living to make intercession for us. He's ever living and he's and he, we are now brought into that intercessory ministry of the Lord of seeing and hearing what the father says and being able to release on earth that which is in heaven. See, that's so important. I'm going to thoroughly purge the sons of Levi. Like what? Like gold and like silver. Gold is character. Gold is nature. Silver is character. So they have the, the character and the nature of the Lord. They're one with the Lord. Why? By the suddenly of the Lord. And that's what 2020 was. It was a suddenly moment. For the revelation of the spirit of burning and the spirit of judgment to come to burn up the old ships of church life, church function, church understanding of the fivefold ministry, the gifts, the mission, all of it needed to be burned up so that we can see the present mission of the Lord, which is for the glory of God to be seen and fill the earth, the knowledge and glory of the Lord to fill the earth, for the, for the glory of the Lord to transform the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God in Christ. It's much bigger than getting people saved. It's that and more. It's that and more. The church is going to miss and more because they want to just stay here. Does that make sense? Thank you, Lord. I hope so. And he's going to do it by an end time intervention, the spirit of blast and burning, the, the, the spirit of judgment, the spirit of burning. Refiner's fire, fuller stone, former rain, latter rain, baptism, baptism in the spirit, baptism of fire. All of this represents the same working of the Lord that allows the wise virgins to go out and meet the bridegroom. It allows people to become overcomers, to eat from the tree of life in the midst of the garden, to eat the hidden manna, to be a pillar in the temple of God, to have a white stone, right? You know, and with your name written on it, to be able to rule and reign over the nations with an art of iron, a rod of iron. It gives you permission Okay, to be able to be kept safe in that hour that's coming upon the earth. It gives you the position to be seated with him on the throne as an overcomer, as he himself sat down on his throne. All of that is found in this moment in time. That's why you got to know the time and the season, the Lord. That's why I'm broadcasting these broadcasts. And maybe someday people will hear it. <laughs> I know you are. But may it work within us. But it says, and the Lord, look at what it says. He's going to move it out with the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning and sifting. And this is, this is important. In verse five, and the Lord will create over that whole site. This is where we are now. He's creating, right? Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not sworn you know, to deceitfulness. They are being brought up. This is a generation that will seek him and they will receive the blessings of the Lord. And the Lord will come and he's going to pitch himself over this people. This is Isaiah 60. When this glory is seen, the Lord comes and he positions himself with you in the second heaven, in the spirit. He positions with positions himself with you on the earth, covering you with his parousia glory, his Shekinah glory. So not only is the glory within you, it's now going to be seen upon you. He positions himself as a canopy. The other place that word canopy is going to be used is, is, is when Paul in Corinthians cries out, I had this thorn in my flesh. And three times I cried out to the Lord, but the Lord says this, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient. It will pitch a canopy over you. It actually renders a canopy over you and it's sufficient for you. And my power is made in weakness and perfected in weakness. It says, and the Lord will create over this whole site. Look at this, over every dwelling place on Mount Zion. 
We are that dwelling place, aren't we? We are the habitation of the living God. We are our spiritual. You know you not. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And look what the Lord says. And the Lord will create over that site, over you, over his living stones, uh, the dwelling place on Mount Zion and over assemblies, a cloud. Look at this. This cloud brings you into that heavenly positioning in the Lord as you are being beautified, as that 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 those filthy garments of, 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 of Joshua, the high priest, and, and, and Zechariah chapter 3 are removed from you. You are clothed with a new clothing. You get a new turban on your head. Your position to hear and see, and the, the word to, to Joshua from the Lord was, if you will keep my commandments now that I changed your clothes, now that I put a new kingdom turban on your head and if you'll keep my word and my commandments i will give you access to my courts read it in zechariah chapter three and i will let you walk here amongst those who walk here that's revelation chapter four and five, uh, uh, five, four and five what john sees there i'm going to give you access and the ability to walk up here with me so that you can receive my end time purposes and plans and walk in them and kingdom glory power authority and dominion and it says here and it says and and in that day, a cloud of smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire at night. Now, what does that mean? That means the, 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 they, in, the, in the Old Testament, they could only move by cloud by day, fire by night. When the cloud moved, they moved. By the, when the fire moved, they moved. In other words, they were under the complete direction and authority. They could only move as God moved. That is what the arising sons of God in Joel's army is. If you read Ezekiel chapter one, it says, when the living creatures are lifted up, the wheel within the wheel is lifted up. And when they're put down, they're put down. This is harmony. This is oneness. This is the glory realm. This is the functioning body of Christ and a new dimension of God's glory that is going to shake the nations, dispel principalities, powers, and darkness, uh, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places so that the glory of God can come. And those that are ready, that, 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 that the end time harvest that everybody's been preaching about will be able to come in, but he's not going to bring, the Lord is not bringing that end time harvest into a church age structure. He's going to bring it into his kingdom age because they're going to be fitted for eternity, not for church. That's why what, what, what you're allowing the Lord to do in your life is critical. Where you're going to be is critical. Who you're connected with is critical. Are you going to stay in the church age structure? Or are you going to, or do you hear the call of the Lord to come out from among them? And be separated and find your place. Where does God want you? Who does he want you to be connected with? Does he want you to stay in a structure that's fading away and is obsolete? Or does he want to position you in the new? I know you may like where you are. I know you may like that. You may have been there 25 years. But what if God wants you someplace else? What if they're not going to go where God's going? You're going to stay there. Does God want you to stay there? I don't know. You're going to have to ask that question. Am I telling everybody to leave the church? Of course not. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. I'm just asking you, where does God want you? Where does he need to position you? Who do you need to be connected with? How are you going to function to be everything you created to be if there's no place for you to do that? I'm just saying. If you can't function and be what God created you, unless it's in a ministry context that maybe for an hour every week you can go evangelism or you can do this, or maybe you got to, you know, or, or your idea of functioning is like, you know, whenever God gives me an opportunity, I'll use it. I mean, yeah, that's wonderful. But God has so much more than that for you. He wants you to be a He wants you to be a testimony. He wants your life to be the testimony of Jesus Christ everywhere you go. Amen. It says you're going to go by a cloud of smoke by day, the shining of a flaming fire by night. For for over all the glory, for over all the glory shall a canopy, a defense of divine love and protection. 
over all of that is going to be a defense of divine look at this divine protection and love that's psalm 91 so those that now this is really powerful i'm going to wrap up now but you know that as we allow that spirit of judgment and spirit of burning to change us as we hear that voice arise my love my fair way and come away with me we're entering into that place you know where the winter's gone right and the the winter's over and the rain is gone and we're entering into what the flowers are now appearing, a time of new spiritual growth, a time of receiving the former and latter rains that will cause us to come into the maturity as full-grown sons and daughters of God on this earth and walk in it. Because we are that and we're walking in it. But the more we come up, the more we meet him, the more we see him, the more we're with him, the more we become married to him, the more that life will be exhibited through our life more and more, day by day, moment by moment, so that as they see him, they'll see us, as they see us, they'll see him. As they see him, they'll see the Father. Glory to God. There should be a, be a canopy of divine love and protection. Now, why would we need this in Isaiah 4? Because the Lord knows in these last days, they're going to be perilous times. There could be nuclear war. There could be World War III. There could be more diseases and plagues coming or whatever. But look at what the Lord says to those who look at the branch. Let, let me say it again. It says here, it says, and in and and that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious and shall be loved and protected in Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is for this people right here. Those that are going to work, they're going to walk in the reality of Psalm 91. A thousand will fall at their side, 10,000 at their right hand, but it shall not come near them. No evil shall come near them. They'll be protected in the secret place of the Most High. See, this is a position. This is what it means to be seated with him in heavenly places. There's a divine protection of God's love. There's a working of the angels that are being released to pro protect you and preserve you in all your ways of service and obedience. Why? Because he has set his love upon me, it says in verse 9. Because he set his love upon me. I will be with him. I will deliver him. Look at all that it says, the promises of Psalm 91 after that, of all the divine protection. That comes to the wise virgins. That comes from the called out ones. Those are those that come out of the church age and the kingdom age are walking into a new area of new armor, new weapons, new protections, new ability, new authority, new power, because they're being changed by God, not by men. It's not by their works. They're coming. And as they stay before the Lord and in love with him and be married to them and burn for him and burn in love, everything that needs to fade away, fades away. And now we put on that ever increasing glory of the Lord from glory to glory. And now our life becomes a reflection of his life. And we walk in that same authority and power because he's in us. And he's living his life through us. And our life becomes like that transparent sea of glass where we're not seen, but he's seen. And he protects us in it so we can fulfill our destiny. That love protects us, surrounds us, protects us as in Psalm 91. And then it says in verse 6, And there shall be a pavilion for shade in the daytime from the heat, and a place of refuge and a shelter from the storm and the rain. This is the same victory we find over in the, in, in, in the book of Revelation to the church of Philadelphia. Listen to what it says to, to the church in Philadelphia. Let me read it real quick to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to find it. Thank you, Lord. Let me that. Verse, chapter 3, verse 7. And to the angel 
messenger of the church of Philadelphia. What, these are the words of the Holy One, the true one. He who has the key of David, who opens and no one shall shut, who shuts and no one shall open. I know your record of works of seeing what you're doing. And listen to what he says. See, this is accepted because they have their first love. And I have set before you a door wide open, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power. They've been empty. And you have kept my word and guarded my message and have not renounced and denied my name. Therefore, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come down and bow before your feet and learn and know that I have loved you because you've set your love upon me. So you see what the Lord's doing here? Do you see that canopy of glory, that canopy of protection? Do you see what happens when you come up here and you answer that call to rise up? See all the work that the Lord does? It says, because you have guarded my word of patient endurance and kept fast the lessons which you were learned that I gave you. I also will keep you safe from the hour of trial, of testing, which is coming on the whole world to try, try them who dwell upon it. I'm going to keep you safe. Isaiah 4, I'm going to put a pavilion of glory around you. Psalm 91, I'm going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be in the secret place of the most high God. This is what the wise virgins enter into. This is what the overcomers enter into. This is what the bride enters into. This is what the man child enters into. This new divine meeting with the Lord. We meet him in the air for in that day, Jesus will be seen what? Glorified within his saints. And that glory is a canopy of protection, power, authority, dominion that changes you, forms you with the spirit of blast of burning, the spirit of blast of judgment, refiner's fire, full of soap. And what does it do? It thoroughly purges the sons of Levi that they may bring to God, that they may bring to God offerings of righteousness. What does that mean? That means they're now positioned to give God what he wants because they're in the position of listening to what he wants and doing only what he tells them to do, speaking only what he asks them to speak. And now they bring the offerings of righteousness. Why? Because now they have come into Matthew 6, 33, where they have sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, not only are they protect, protected, but now they get the supply and all these things shall be added unto you. This is what the overcomers walk in. This is what the arising sons of God will walk in. And as they walk in it individually, now God is going to bring us together collectively to form a wheel within a wheel with all of that canopy, all that protection, all that provision that comes collectively together that is so going to change this earth. Jesus is going to be seen, glorified in you. You're going to arise and shine because a king of glory has come and that glory is going to be seen, what? Risen upon you. Thank you, God. Let me just wrap this up what he says here to the church, uh, to this church. He says, and in, in, in Revelation chapter three, and and, it's, and where is Philadelphia? I just had it yeah, right here. I'm coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one, okay, will take deprive from you your crown. For he that overcomes, again, this again is to the church. Make sure I got the right church to Philadelphia. Yep, I will make him. Look what happens when you overcome. I will make him. See who's doing the work. I will make him a pillar, a pillar in the sanctuary of my God, and you shall never be put out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends from my God out of heaven, my own new name. That means they're formed into a new Jerusalem city, a bride coming down from heaven in Revelation chapter 19. All of that 
comes with that with that one voice of song of Solomon, where we begin to song of Solomon, where we, where we begin to hear in two ten, it says, "Rise up, my love, my fair one, come away." For behold, the winter is past; the rain is gone over. The flowers appear on the earth. I'm singing that. The time of the singing, that's what I've been talking about, has come. And the voice of the turtle dove, okay, is heard in our land. That's what tomorrow's forecast will be, the voice of the turtle doves. So the singing has come, my beloved ones. Hallelujah. The flowers are appearing on the earth. Are you hungry for God today? Are you ready to be passionately in love with him? Do you want to come up here and say, Jesus, take me up into this heaven where I can see you? As you are seen in Revelation chapter one, I need to see you as a king of glory. Lord, I hear your voice. You know, I will lift up my head as a gate. I'll lift up my head as an everlasting doorway. And I let the king of glory come in. If you will spend time with God, diligently seeking that, he will appear to you as a king of glory. So profound that was with to me. Now the Lord is telling me divine convergence. And I want to meet you there. He's going, I want to meet you. Why? Because now that I've lifted up my head as a gate and an everlasting doorway, he wants to come in. He says, I want to meet you this time in New York as the breath of life. It's going to change everyone that comes there, including us. It's going to change that area in ways we have never seen or known because the breath of life is going to manifest himself in our midst. And these divine convergences is your opportunity to take the messages that you are hearing on this broadcast or maybe what God is telling you personally. And to come together with other like-minded believers to seek the Lord for his face. So to see what the Lord desires, to hear what he desires. And to be knitted and fitted together as an end-time people of God. So I encourage you to come. I hope you'll be able to come May 2nd through the 7th. It's really important. You know, that God, that. Thank you. That was the wrong chat. I need to remove that. That is not the one I wanted. That the clerk did not take the one. I need to get rid of that one. Huh? That was a so ignore that one. That was a message. I'm not trying to get rid of it, but I'll delete it after. Okay, just ignore that. And there we go. There. Okay. All right. I wanted to give you all the information for the for the website. So somebody else will have to put that on because I got the wrong one. I think. So, I'll get the right one. It's a good word. Nothing wrong with it, but it wasn't, that was for our, our team. So, here is the information that you need. There we go. That is the right one. Thank you, Lord. So, moderators, if you can get that one off there, you can. I, know, I, I think I got it off, but not. if not, we'll do that. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless you. We praise you. You are the mighty God. There is no one like you. I pray today a release and impartation that wherever, Lord, we need to change and come into cooperation with your end time work, we say, do it, Lord. We give you permission to come in, to remove every mindset, every habit, every thought, every imagination that exhausts itself against the true knowledge of God, let it be burnt up and removed from our lives. We surrender to you, Lord. I pray, Lord, a strengthening and impartation and enabling, God. 
for all those that are watching this broadcast, let this word would become a flesh, a life experience. Let us let it take us deeper into your heart that we might know you. And we pray today, Lord, teach us your ways, Lord. Teach us your ways, oh God, that we may know you. And Lord, I pray the release of Psalm 32, 8, that you, the Lord, would teach us and instruct us in the way that we, we in the way that we should go. And today that you would guide us with your own eye. You say in your word, you love those that love you. And those who seek you early and diligently, they shall find you. Let us be those people. And you said to those that you love, you cause them to inherit true riches and you true riches and you fill their treasuries. I pray that releasing word upon each and every one that's watching this broadcast today, God. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray such a strengthening, such a quickening. Give us courage today, God. Make us the trumpets of your kingdom message. Lord, let it flow through us to our husbands, to our wives, to our children, to our grandchildren, our nieces, nephews, mothers and fathers, to those that we go to church with or those that we know, Lord. Let it flow, God. Let it flow. Let it be burned in us and flow out of us, Lord, like out of our belly flow living waters. And let it bring transformational change to all those, God, in our families. Don't leave us here, God. I pray such a strength and such a quickness, a new fire, a new boldness, God, to be released. A new boldness, God. Let this word become our living reality within us, Lord. Let it become flesh, Lord. Let us be like those two men on the road of Emmaus, Lord, as they said, did not our hearts burn within us, Lord, as you expounded the scriptures? Lord, I pray such a new release of fire. Lord, I pray such a new release of your fire. Let your fire come, Lord. Let it come, Lord. Release your fire to my brothers, my sisters today. A new baptism of fire, a new place of fire, God. A burning, finishing, changing, redeeming, transforming glory fire. Let your glory fire be seen, risen upon us, oh God. I pray such a releasing, strengthening, burn up everything, God, that's hindering everything that's in the way. Let it remove the mountains and the obstacles and the weights and the sins that have easily beset us, Lord. I pray such a working of your spirit, God. We surrender to it, God. Lord, where we've been fighting and kicking against the pricks, we surrender today, God. We surrender, God. We surrender to you, God. Every place that we haven't surrendered, we surrender to you, my God. We surrender to the reality of your fire, Lord. And Lord, Lord, forgive us where, where we've been stubborn or rebellious or where, where, we, where we haven't allowed you to come. We want you to come not only where we allow you, but where we haven't allowed you so that you can burn up every spot, every blemish, every wrinkle that you can present us to yourself as a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, Lord. We surrender to your working today, God. We surrender to your power, Lord. And we believe you, Lord, that you who started this good work in us, that today you, the finisher, are faithful to complete it in us. It's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. We receive that ever in that, un that unceasing supply of oil of today, Lord, that it's not by might, not by power, nothing my hands can do, but by your spirit. You, the God who started this good work in us, you said you would be faithful and you are faithful to complete it. We didn't start it. We can't complete it. We surrender to your completed work within us, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that in that day, you will be seen in us, seen glorified in us, Lord. As you said, Lord, and we thank you, Father. Fill us with your glory to be one with you, married to you, Lord. We want to know the desires of your heart, what pleases you. We want our lives to please you in every single way that we would be that faithful helpmate to you the way you created us to be, that we can serve the Father together as one, Lord. You and me, I and you, 
and us in them, even as you said, Lord, let your glory be known. Let your glory be revealed in us today, God. And now to you who can do exceedingly above all that we ask or think, to you, Lord, be all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. What a wonderful broadcast we had together today. I mean, this is burning in me just like it is in you. I want to remind you, please pray about coming May 2nd through the 7th. It's less than 30 days away now to Schenectady, New York. It's not that far. <laughs> this is a divine convergence where we, those that have this heart, those that have this work, it's by invitation only to come together to meet the Lord individually and then to take that individual meeting the Lord and make us a collective meeting of the Lord, collectively. I have never been in gatherings like this in my life, the work that God does in it, and you don't want to miss it. I hope you'll come. It's May 2nd through the 7th. It's Schenectady at the Doubletree Hotel. You know, we're going to, it's going to be an awesome time with the Lord. Please pray about coming. You know, there's, there's, uh, it's by invitation only. You have to register. Very important. If you don't register, you don't get to come in because it's, it's an invitation. You have to have your ticket to come in from the Lord. You know, you have to have your place at the wedding table. You know, just like Jesus said, the man came into the wedding and he didn't have the right garments on and he said, put them out. Why? Not because he didn't love the man, but because he didn't have the right garments on for that gathering. And so that's why this is by invitation. And if you know others that are hungry and thirsty, that understand what, what I've been sharing and have kingdom understanding, invite them. They can come. You know, it's, it's not for everybody. It is for everybody, but it's for those that are, that the Lord, is, that, that will answer the call and come when he calls. It's May 2nd through the 7th at the Doubletree Hotel in Schenectady, beautiful hotel. We got an excellent discount rate with breakfast included. So if you go to our website and click on the link, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, um, on the event page and you register for the convergence and then register, get your room reserved by April 15th. And, you know, it's a beautiful hotel. Amen. I know God is going to meet us there. Amen. I want to thank you, brothers and sisters, of those of you that are praying for us, praying for this convergence, you know. Please go to our website. Maybe I want you to pay, go on to Team Converge and onto the. And if you go, if you just put the marker on Team Converge, you'll see Bible Ministry Connection. Or if you scroll down the page, you'll be able to see what's on there. Click on them. See what this is about. Hear what the Lord is doing. We're not trying to build anything, but we're becoming part of something bigger than ourselves. Maybe that's what God has for you. Maybe you've been saying, God, who do you want me to connect with? Maybe there are believers that you need to meet through this. So check out the website. There's a lot of important information on there. It's new. It's beautiful. It's got all the things that, that, that the Lord told us to put to portray this present work of the Lord. So please go check it out and register on there. And we do need your help and we need your prayers. Amen. And, we, and those of you that, uh, that uh, have been blessing us financially, we thank you for that. I'm going to try to get to the emails and thank you personally. But if I don't, I'm thanking you on the broadcast if I don't get to it right away. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for every prayer, every encouragement. And for those of you that are sending your financial blessings, we appreciate it. We do need some more. I, I say that to get to finish what we need to get up to, um, to, to New York. So if God touches your heart today, you know, that's between you and the him. We have a PayPal link that I think Reverend Lynn put up on there, you know, that you can go directly to it or go to our do do donation link. That your donation helps Don and I live and do the work of the Lord, and it helps us to get to New York, too. So if God touches you, that's between you and him. This is free, no no extra charge. You know, you don't have to give anything. You know, that giving is between you and the Lord. It's between you. 
but there are people that God has touched for us, like the church in Philippi, you know, and if God touches your heart, okay, that's when you give. When he shows you what to do, you do it. And I know God has people for us that he will touch on our behalf. It may not be everybody, but it's those that he will, just like he touches me to give to others, you know, as he touches me. That's all we ask for. You know, so if God does touch you, I pray that, you know, and that you'll, you, that, uh, um, you will be uh, able to do that and receive that blessing and, and being able to give into this, this, this work and the lives that are changed by it as well because of, of your faithfulness of obeying the Lord in that. So thank you so much for watching this broadcast. We will be back tomorrow, same time, same station. Ha, 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 not really a station, but on this broadcast. We love each and every one of you. And by the way, if you need any prayer, if we can serve you in any way, my email is right there. It's the last one on there. Please let us know how we can serve you, pray for you, and help you. We are here for you. This is a two-way street. It's not a one-way where you give to us. You give to us. No, we are here for you. We want to connect with you, bless you, strengthen you, help you in any way we can. So that's our address. Love you all. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.